They buried me in the water and I came, I knew. Ha <laughs> ha! Now I'm baptized in blood. I'm a fighter. I'm gonna never quit. I refuse to lose. I got heart and I got crazy. I'm a warrior. Just been baptized in blue. I'm a warrior. Just been baptized in blue. I'm a fighter. Welcome to the Changing the Culture podcast with your host, me, Autumn Clifford. This is the only self-help podcast hosted by a female cop. I want to welcome you. If you loved that intro, then I want you to go to the end of my podcast and make sure you listen to that music, that tune. It's called Baptized in Blue by One Time Music. He's a fellow police officer. You can find him anywhere you can listen to um, music. He's amazing. I'm really excited to have you here. I hope that you enjoy this podcast episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Sheepdog Nation, I'm super excited about tonight. I'm super excited about this podcast. We have my good friend Dominic Izzo on the podcast. I want to warn every single one of you tonight. It's coming in hot just like it always is. So if you have children around or if you are someplace in public and you don't have headphones on, put headphones on because we're just going to speak the truth. Dom, tell everybody who you are. So excited (laughs) to have you. Thank you. Uh, I'm just me. Um, well, this is law enforcement, correct? So yes. I guess my story pertains to that. I'm, I'm officially a retired police officer from the Northwest suburbs of Illinois. I spent my career uh, in Lake County, Illinois, which is the county north of, Sh- of uh, Cook County, where Chicago is. We got all the ele- element that uh, Milwaukee chased out of and Chicago chased out. So I had a very uh, colorful career, if you will. Um, I'm a problem child. I'm, I'm a black sheep. I'm a... Uh, idealist if we go down that path as far as law enforcement but i i started my career in march of 2001 and officially retired uh, october 8th of last year 2019 so in a nutshell the 360 degree view of it that's who i am uh, in this career if you will or in that in pertaining to law enforcement so what do you do now don now everything uh entrepreneur so law enforcement radio uh, uh financial education uh, i'm Got my first book was published January this year. Um, cigars, coffee, anything that I can wind up dabbling into that I'm passionate about. Yeah, we had your cigars and coffee. We loved it. And you. and you. you do real estate too. You, wait, you got you. Why did you order my coffee or my cigar and coffee? Would have sent you some. You did. You sent it to me. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> and I have your book. So um, everybody should go get your book. What's it called? Is it called Behind the Badge? Oh, Before the Badge. Everything before you need to know before you become a cop. It's available on Amazon. Yes. Great book. I have it. Um, so Dom, what I want to talk to you about, about is the power of authenticity. So I want to, I want people to hear a little bit about your story because I think, I think like every officer can relate to this, but I think what's also really important and that I want my mastermind to hear specifically is how you've just continued. You just, you just show up. I mean, it's like, no matter what's going on, you just show up and you're just you. And so if anybody is not following Izzo on Instagram, go do it because he's just going to tell you what he thinks at all times. And how do you do that? I don't care. It's simply that there's no other formula other than that. People ask all the time, how are you? You, we need more people than like you No, there's millions and millions and millions of people like they're out there like me, but I authentically do not care. And that's, that's a double-edged sword. Because it's gotten me and it's broken through so many plateaus and planes and um, 
afforded me as many opportunities as I have now, but the cost, the cost was more than most people are willing to pay. Uh, and I was just willing to pay for it. So it, for everybody out there, and we're a group where we don't care about language, right? I'm right. Assuming, no, absolutely not. I, I don't like to swear for the sake of swearing, but at the same point in time too, you know, if you follow my stuff, I am extremely uh, vocal. Uh, I, I'll drop the C word every, every you chance. I get. It's one of my favorites. It's, Me too. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody out there who says that they don't, I have zero fucks. I give zero. God, so many people that's a lie. I literally, I literally don't. Um, but again, that came through a lot of pain. It came through a lot of sacrifice and the cost with every type of relationship possible, uh, professional, uh, friendship, uh, uh, dating. It was a massive price to pay until I got to the position where people like you recognize that I'm authentic because that honestly is more important to me than anything. I don't care if people like me. I don't care if people hate me. I want to be on my funeral uh, deathbed looking all over whoever decides to show up and they hear, I just hear, I hated that piece of shit, but I respected him. Yeah. That's all I care about. I love that. Now, Dom, bring me back. How, how did this start? Like what happened? You said, you said a lot of pain. This came from a lot of pain. Talk to me about that. Well, I'm a people pleaser. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a law enforcement. We're, what are we? Are we're public servants? Yeah. And it, it understand something. I don't mean to dis disrespect any of you who are cops. When I use the word we, I'm not one of you anymore. Uh, and my story is very colorful. But when I say it, it's because that I still believe in the ideology of it. So I went in uh, law enforcement with the concept of I'm going to change the world. Um, I came from a retail background, a restaurant and bartending background, and then I went into law enforcement. So I had customer service. It was everything people pleaser, people 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 pleaser. And one of the reasons that the military takes uh, men who are 18 years old is that there's such an eager and profound need to prove their worth and get validation from superiors. And mm -hmm. I got into law enforcement at 26 and mm -hmm. I still carry that over. I never went in the military. It's my only regret in life, but I had the desire to get the pat on the back. I mm -hmm. dated a woman who um, I was 22 years old. And I used to work at TGI Fridays back in the 90s. And we had these things called wow pins, W-O-W. And you got them for exceptional performance at work, right? You did something above and beyond and your table complimented you. Well, you know, uh, the manager would give you a wow pin for that day and you would pin it on your vest or your suspenders, your flare. For those who saw that movie, uh, I can't remember what it was. Um, I don't know about a movie buff. Oh, yeah. But you only have 10, you have a, 10 pieces of flares the minimum. Um, and the girl I was dating at the time says, we need to get you just a giant wow hat because you, you just, all you're doing is seeking approval. And in relationships that cost me a lot because when I, I went through the dating of twenties and thirties, it was put women on a pedestal and that's, you know, that's going to get you, it's just like the movies, right? Every guy is supposed to sit there and, and just do everything we can and stand outside in the rain with a boom box and pour our heart. And it just, it, that was a catalyst of showing me that I was starving for the acceptance and approval of whoever would give it for me. And back then it was relationships, uh, friendships. And then it was obviously, here's a sergeant, here's a commander, here's a lieutenant. Good job. Uh, Izzo, good job. Good job. Oh, it's, oh my God, this is fantastic. I was getting, it was great. Right. Um, that set me up for massive pain and failure for getting passed over for specialty positions for getting passed over for assignments in law enforcement. Why? For those of you who do know who are, you are a cop, you know that in law enforcement, I went in busting my ass and busting my ass and busting my ass right. and hoping that, oh, they're going to, they're going to give me the canine. 
Nobody told me that you want something as a cop. You have to go get it. You have to go up to your sergeant and say, I want the canine position. I want the defensive tactics position. I want the FTO position. And then you had to prove that you were worthy of it. So I had a, a, a non-existent ego, which said, which always had that, that air of, I don't deserve this unless mm -hmm. somebody else says that I deserve it. So that was the biggest hurdle I had to get over. And law enforcement taught me. Uh, That's huge. Over it. Very can much. We just, can we just underline that really quickly? Like, I want everybody to hear what he just said. He just said that he like had this ideology in his head that he only deserved something or he was only good enough if somebody else said he was. There are so many of you walking around thinking the same thing. I am not good enough unless my boss says I am. I am not good enough unless my boyfriend, my husband, my girlfriend, my wife, my family says I am. How about you're good enough because you are? How about that? So Dom, when did you, when did that shift take place um, for you? My first, so I took some time out of law enforcement for a little while. I went back into the bar industry. And um, when I went back into law enforcement, I didn't have the, uh, the shock value of having your badge and title taken away. One mm -hmm. of the things that I was the most afraid of was not having that officer title in front of my name. Mm -hmm. So when I took a couple of years uh, off, I was like, okay, this is it's really not that big deal. I'm, I'm just me again, right? I'm Dominic Izzo again. And then I went back into law enforcement and I'm not sure if any of you remember, but in 2015 in Lake County, Illinois in Fox Lake, there was a big case of the Lieutenant Charles GI Joe Glenowitz case. And that was a Fox Lake Lieutenant for two months. We were under the impression that he was ambushed by three people shot and killed massive uh, national outcry uh, pouring into, you know, a big funeral, uh, a pomp and circumstance, all that stuff. And then two months later finds out he killed himself. Uh, and it was all over 60 minutes and all this kind of stuff. Well, long of the short of the story is that right around that time, my department was starting to do things that it should not do. Uh, it, it's personal. My police chief is about as corrupt as they get. And I started to call things out. Um, it didn't sit well with me, the ideology of where law enforcement was going. I got tired of being a public uh, revenue generator. I got tired. I mean, I was golden boy and a half. Um, I was an FTO. Uh, I was on NIPIS, which is our equivalent of SWAT up in Northern Illinois, because most departments aren't big. So what NIPIS does is it draws two or three guys from each department and then puts them all into a collective SWAT agency. So if Gurney, Illinois has a, a high uh, priority call, you know, all the, all the NIPIS guys get together and they go to that town. It's like a mutual aid for a mm -hmm. fire department. Um, I was defensive tactics instructor, uh, use of force uh, expert, and, and I had everything, right? Fiduciary on the pension board. I was even union president. I delved myself into that career and set myself up for the loss of, uh, well, I'm sure some of you know this, when you don't perform, yeah, maybe they take away your, your brand new squad car and put you back in the, the one that you know nobody wants to drive. Well, you're not performing the way they want to. All of a sudden, you know, you can't get the days off you want. Uh, or maybe you bid for one shift, you get another. All of you know how your command staff fucks with you when it comes down time to uh, the personality problems and conflicts that you just can't really prove, but you know is happening. Yeah, so I had yeah. a lot to lose. And my department went through a couple different very big cases of where women were put into prison falsely. Um, and that's just what it was. Our body cameras were recording us 24-7. Uh, 
If any of you have watch guard body cameras from out of Texas, they record nonstop, not that 30 second loop. They record nonstop. And we found one day, wow, I'm in the bathroom. I'm texting and you can see my text message is clear as day. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm literally taking my pants off in the bathroom. And we went through this big thing with our department. I had to make a choice. It was either go against the chief or, um, you know, or just shut my mouth and keep doing my job like a good boy. I did. They, they found a department policy to ding me on after eight months of our initial claim with this. I had texted a photograph of a woman who bled out from a ruptured upper GI. I showed up to a call. 84-year-old woman is found face dead uh, in, her, in her bedroom, pool of blood. I text the photo to a friend of mine have a falling out of the front with a friend. The friend decides he wants to go to my chief and says, look what Dominic uh, texted me. So they, they offered me resign or we're going to fire you for disseminating department property without express permission, chief of police. Fuck you. I said, fire me. I did nothing wrong. I knew what was going to happen. They terminated me. It took three years, but I got reinstated and I was allowed to retire. That was the catalyst was standing up for what I believed in. But what makes me fundamentally different from everybody else and why I'm able to pay a different price, a higher price, if you will, for integrity, mm -hmm. I'm not married and I have no kids. And I had other streams of income coming in, so I wasn't worried about a paycheck being lost. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people out there, they can't stand up for what their department's doing because how the hell are you going to pay your mortgage? How the hell are you going to support your families? All this kind of stuff. It was a very easy choice for me. That was a, a, a bolder situation and a catalyst for me to start saying, you said something, now you have to follow through. Where all the, all the way before, it was really never an issue. During that time, I had started also to get some social media notoriety. Um, I did a video in, right when Glenowitz, the murder-suicide was being investigated on what it really means to thank it, what it really means when you thank a cop. Uh, it was a five-minute video you know, we, this was before Facebook live or anything. So I just pull over the side of the road one day and I take a video of on my iPhone, post up online. Next thing you know, I got followers all over the place. It's being shared to police one. Um, it's, it's being shared on all these police uh, uh, publications, all my brethren, if you will, they're loving who I am, all of this. I do another video. This one, this one gets half a million views. The next one I did, it was on how people should just comply with police no matter what. Uh, fight it in court, but, fly, uh, but you know, fight it in court, but comply in the street. Uh, Adam Carolla is talking about it on his radio show. Other celebrities share, and that gets a million views in three days. Wow. Now my social media starts to grow. That created animosity within the department, but it created accountability with me because now I'm saying things that some of my brethren don't agree with, but I'm saying it. And the problem, or, or what I saw as a problem with me to begin with, was is I don't ever weigh something when I, when I, before I speak it. I'm an external processor. I'm an introvert, but I'm external processor. So I don't think, how is this going to affect you first and then put it out? I always do everything first take, which is why I love lives because it keeps me accountable. I put it out, consequences be damned. That got me a ton of, well, if you say this, now you got to back it up. And I've always left all of my content up so people could see me switching my positions over the years. Well, when it, when it came down time to fighting my department, so to speak, um, I had, it, it was a no brainer. Well, the last year and a half, you're shooting your mouth off about being authentic and being accountable for what you say and this and that, blah, 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 blah. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to keep your job? Hey, you can resign. 
you will seal your jacket and you can go over lateral to the next apartment. That wasn't enough for me. My name was everything. I did nothing wrong. And I, I'm very confrontational too. You know, I, I like to fight. And for me, this was, you're going in, you're, you're going all in. Uh, so to take on my department, I'm not going to lie for me personally, I got off on it. I, I, it was, this is something nobody else can do. You know, I, I presented, I, I wrote a letter demanding my chief's resignation. We did not have a no confidence vote because everybody was terrified of him. But I said, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? And absolutely. So I demanded his resignation. No officer would sign it. I still submitted it. I was absolutely out of my own. Um, and the more I did things like that, the more that my ego was starting to really chime in saying, you're the only son of a bitch who's willing to stand up for this. Everybody's bitching about this. You're going to pay the price. But it felt incredible to be able to stand up to these sons of bitches. Um, mm. That propelled me into more stuff. Uh, run for office, run for office, run for office. So I ran for Cook County Sheriff, which is the second largest county in the nation, which is where Chicago is. I learned firsthand that your brothers and sisters in blue are not your brothers and sisters in blue. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the thousands of nationwide police officers who once supported me were now motherfucking me left and right. Mm -hmm. You're a failure. You couldn't cut it in law enforcement. You got fired, this and that. Cops are the biggest crabs in the buckets when it comes to this, any profession out there. You try to succeed, they will try to weigh you back down. That was more fuel on the fire. It was more fuel on the fire. And for me personally, I had no support system. Family wanted nothing to do with it. Anytime I would date somebody, they didn't want to hear fucking shit with it. Um, I was absolutely on my own. And all the content that I had put up on social media put me in a position of, you, you're going to quit. You're going to drop out of this election. We, we didn't even make it on the ballot. We couldn't get the signatures necessary, but I still ran as a write-in. I never quit because at that point, now my name and my integrity are everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. No, no one's going to be backing me. And they didn't, it was horrible. Worst experience in my life with my air quotes, brothers and sisters. Um, election came and went and I just continued the, that application because now I had a fuck you mentality. Now I didn't care because I was doing things that no one else was doing. I was speaking up. I was speaking on popular things about law enforcement. Um, I was putting out content. I was challenging a police chief. I was running for office. Uh, it was, it was a position where I put my balls so far out there that there was, you, you can't, I can't whisk away into the distance and kind of pretend, you know, a couple right. of years from now that nobody will remember what happened. I, I couldn't, I could not do that. So once I kind of reached that position and I realized how unbelievably alienated I was and I had no one, everything got easy. Every single thing got easy when I turned around and looked and I said, oh, look, no one is behind me supporting me. So wow. that was the biggest catalyst for me to move forward. And truly when everyone says, I, I have zero fucks left. No, you don't. You, you have a ton of them. I don't. And there, and yes, uh, it is it has cost me a lot, but it is truly a position. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me. Um, and I'm completely fine with that. I'm, I'm not here to make friends. I'm absolutely to sit there to be as authentic as possible and live my life that way. Because in the end, you know, not one person is going to pay my bills and not one person is going to wind up um, paying any price I have to after I die anyway. So it's all on my shoulders. You know, Dom, you, you said something that I just want to go back and I want to, you said a lot of things that I want to talk about. But the first thing is, is 
why do you think so about the the whole brotherhood now i've done whole podcasts on this you know when when i got you know when i got injured i went from a 50 person department who oh you know clifford you know let's do you know will you do the swap with me take this overtime like what's up let's go grab beers let's hang out we'll do dinner my husband and i were really tight with our union president all this stuff all this shit happens and now one person from my department reaches out to me, my, my, my best friend who was the union, um, you know, president, he and his wife uninvite us from their wedding. I mean, like all of this shit is going on and I'm like, whoa, 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 you guys, like what, what is, you know, what is going on? What, what, why? I don't understand. Why, what, why do you think that happened? That badge is the great equalizer. You're part of something. You know, and, and I'm sure you guys know I abused it. What a great tool in the back of your pocket to get into bars without being uh, uh, carded or, or charged cover or charged for what a, what a great place. But you know how many fights I've ended in bars when I used to go, I'm, I'm five foot seven, I'm 220 pounds. I'm not that tall of a man, but you know how much of an, and my, my ego was, was already big, but you have any idea what it's like to walk up to somebody and say, knock your shit off. I'm a cop. It's unbelievably powerful. But when you well, it used to be not, not today, right? <laughs> today, I don't know if I would. No, I'm, I'm very glad I'm out of the business today. And okay. it is the business. Excuse me. The, the issue now is it, it, you're a leper. You're, you're cast out of the, the, um, the club, if you will. And the problem is, is everybody knows that if they wind up siding with you, if they wind up, uh, if the command staff has a hard on for you, they're going to find the yeah. target. Yeah. Problem is, is if I support you, they're going to get me by association. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's this mentality that all of a sudden you're, you're a leper and it's just, it's just how it goes. And there's no other way to describe it other than, and anybody's ever been disciplined, you know, what do you, what happens? You, you, you go 25 and I don't know if you guys call it where you go car to car and um, you, you bitch about it. You bitch about it. You bitch about it. Then when it comes, I got a day off for this. Oh, well, that sucks. What do you mean? It's like, you were just agreeing with me. Two days ago about I'll, 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 you, I should fight this and whatnot. Yeah, well, you know, I just don't. Uh, no, people are not willing to put their heads in the chopping blocks for stuff they believe in. I agree. I agree. And, and I think that, I think that ha- I have to say, like, I think that that adds to so, just so many things in life, right? Like, obviously, you know, we're talking cops and first responders, but it's definitely not just that. There's so many people who are just so completely inauthentic. You know, I was, I was talking um, to another police officer, buddy of mine. Um, he's a Miami cop. And he and I were talking about how a lot of these influencers who act like they're full-time police officers, or they act like they are these great, like, um, self-defense instructors and like all these, they're not, they're shit, but what they're good at is they're good at marketing. Like that's what they're great at. Like, so the internet loves them, but in real life, they're fucking morons. And it's, it's just like, you know, where's the integrity there, you know? And so what, so you have a hundred thousand likes on Instagram or followers. So, so now you're a fucking, you're, you're the real deal. I should, I should believe everything you say. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, social media was one of the worst things that happened for law enforcement. Granted, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't because of it, but yeah, at the same time same. too, it has really opened up a, a big door to bullshit and uh, a lot of talk. Well, I'm still waiting for an attorney to get a hold of some of these half naked photos, male and female of officers and really go to fucking town because I, I'm, I'm just not sure 
I, I don't know what's what it, I, I just I hate it. I hate what it does. Hey, how it makes us look. But I also think that like if you have a detective who's like the lead on some like very serious homicide case and and they're showing their ass everywhere. I don't know. I, I if I was an attorney, I'd be like, are you sure? <laughs> like, you know, I'd I'd bring your credibility right up. 100%. 100%. I, I would have that everywhere. So uh, one thing that you talked about, which is I, I really want to go here with you because I feel like maybe um, not a lot of people get to go here with you. So I want to is, um, you know, you talk a lot about, you, we talked about your, your situation and, and everything that you've gone through. One thing that like broke my heart is when you said, yeah, well, I'm here now because you don't know what it's like to do what I did and have nobody behind you. That had to fucking like, can you talk to me about that? Like that had to, well, I, expect, I expected it. I expected it. And because it's, yeah, I, I'm sorry. It's just look at anywhere else in life. Not, most people are talk. Most people are absolutely all talk. I don't, I have four close friends. I have thousands, hundreds of thousands of acquaintances, right? Cause of uh, social media. I have four guys that I grew up with and we've been friends since we were 14. So 31 years of our lives uh, outside of that there, I don't even family. I don't know who the hell I can count on. So I kind of went into it um, having a, a, a mindset of, you know, you're going to do this. You're going to pull the trigger. Don't think that um, you're going to get any backing. And I had to be willing to do that because also the other part of it for me was, is it, it's a challenge. You know, I, I, part, part of it comes from my background. I was a, a high school and college wrestler. And what wrestling taught me was, yeah, you got a team sitting right on the, on the, on the side lines right there, right at the edge of the mat and they're all rooting for you. But while you're on your back counting lights, getting your ass kicked, not one of them is allowed to come over and save you. So I was taught individuality and you lose, you lose on your own. You win, you win on your own immediately in the very early stages of life. Um, that was the same thing. I did not count on anybody coming to get my back. And, but it doesn't, it didn't mean it, it hurt any less. You, know, mm. you would hope for it. But it's, but it really showed me that, you know, the idea, like I'm not somebody who arbitrarily backs the blue. And if you follow my content, I'm very, very brutal with police officers. Yep. You know, I've, I've been talking about the whole mask mandate, how anybody who supports this, they're not a cop anymore. They're a cunt. Um, you know, mm -hmm. they I talk about police being domestic terrorists, uh, the ideology and the oath that we swore to that is important to me, but the individual police officer, I couldn't give a fuck about. Yeah. Well, what, what made you do that though? Seeing, seeing how it is, seeing how life is right now, and then the hypocrisy, how they are. I mean, you and I have talked about that, how, you know, I'll, I'll swear this oath, and I honor this oath, and I'm about the Constitution. Oh, yeah, Sergeant says I have to go out and enforce the uh, mask mandates today. Well, I have to do it. I have to do it because I have a paycheck. I have zero respect for that. Zero. Not an ounce of me uh, consider somebody a police officer who will be falling back on the, I have a paycheck I have to worry about and not take a risk. And I say that because I did take the risk. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's it right there. I think what you, you just hit on something like people can get mad, right? Because this, you do say things that I don't agree with. I say things you don't agree with and that's, and that's fine. But here, here's the deal is that you walked your talk, right? And I, I just want to say that for anybody listening, like it's, it's really not about who you agree with. And, you know, if you don't agree with anything that come, you know, that comes out of this show, the one thing you, you do need to know is that being yourself and being true to yourself is incredibly fucking hard. It's in, it is. I mean, Don, Don, you've talked about how you fucking lost everybody and everything and, and what it's like to have nobody behind you. I mean, it's incredibly difficult, especially, you know, in this day and age, but 
well, exactly what you said. You're like, well, I, I'll say what I want because I've done it. I've done this. Like, yeah, you know, but you're not just one of those people who are out there just talking shit to talk shit. There's a lot of people out there that just want to talk a bunch of shit and they're not, they're not actually walking their, you know, their talk. And that's really important. I want everybody to hear that mastermind. Listen up, make sure that you're walking your talk, but right. Now, this is one thing I think we can all agree that Izzo does. I mean, he just says it like it is. And then he, and then he completely backs it up and it is what it is, whether you believe him or you like it or not, it doesn't fucking matter. And I think, you know, and, and Dom, that's really one thing that I just, I really respect a lot about you is that nobody ever has to wonder where they stand with you. <laughs> nobody has to wonder. Nope. So speaking of that, how are we doing? What What's going on politically? Tell me, tell me something po- political because I don't really follow anything. Trump 2020. I'm going yeah. on Tuesday morning, first in line. And it's the only time I'm wearing a mask. I refuse to wear a fucking mask. If somebody you saw the picture that I posted, the infamous one, well, then you saw me wearing a mask. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there's a body part that wore a mask. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. Is all the males out there? I didn't know your cock was that small. You're a dude. That's what you're looking at. I love it. I wore nothing but a mask and a photo to prove I won't wear one. Um, but it's the only time I will wear a mask. And politically wise, let's see what happens on uh, November 3rd. But you know, now is a great time. What what a great time politically wise either. How many people are afraid to say they're Trump supporters? Can we talk about 50 Cent really quickly? Yes, he wrote a great book called The 50th Law with uh, Robert or Robert Greene, who wrote uh, War, Seduction, uh, 48 Laws of Power, and, and um, I can't recall the other one, who was Success. And uh, he wrote all about how his drug dealing days as an entrepreneur taught him to feel through uh, success. Yeah, we, we read, well, I don't know if it's the same book, but we read his is Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. It could be the same fucking book. I don't know, but we, we love, I just, with Robert Greene. I love that he endorsed president Trump. My favorite thing was, <laughs> I don't want to be 20 cent. I want to be 50 yeah. cent. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But you know what? There's another guy being authentic. You know how hard that was for him to do that? My biggest influence for authenticity, believe it or not, is Mike Tyson. Ooh. That, that man, if I could sit down, I've had some great conversations. Um, this, platform got me to communicate and connect with uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, right? That guy, I, I didn't know, but he, he reached out to my campaign twice when we were uh, running and to endorse me and somebody on my campaign willingly did not believe it was him and did not give me the message. Uh, uh, and at this point, I don't know if that would have helped or hurt because it is Chicago, but I've got, I can, I can call him up and I can talk to him, right? Or excuse me, I can listen because he talks worse than I do. Um, I've gotten to hang out with Ted Nugent, another man you listen to, you can't yes. do the word in edgewise. Um, Sheriff Richard Mack, president of the uh, Constitutional Peace o- Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Uh, there are some great people. Bernard Carrick, former uh, New York uh, NYPD police commissioner. Um, I've gotten to meet and talk to some amazing people. But if there was one person I could ever sit and literally willfully shut my mouth and listen to, it's Mike Tyson. Now, whatever your views on Tyson are, I'm going to tell you, there is not one human being alive on this planet today who is as authentic as Tyson. He doesn't care anything of what you think of him. He's mm-hmm. been through more pain than any human being on the planet. He was used. He's been through physical pain, lost his daughter. I truly believe if you've ever followed anything he says, he has owned up to every single criminal action he's ever done, which is why I believe he's 100% innocent of that rape accusation that time served. There, there is no human being on the planet who 
will bear all. And if you've never listened or watched any of the documentaries of his, mm -hmm. the man comes through a place of nothing, pain, 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 gaining everything. It's still not enough. It's empty. And he bears all. There is not one human being who is more authentic as him. And I listen to this man speak um, him and then two mentors who I've never gotten to meet uh, are Leo Bascalia. If anybody's my age, they'll remember Leo Bascalia from the seventies and the eighties. Uh, mm -hmm. He passed away in the nineties, but he was all about the authenticity of love. He wrote a book called love and he taught, he used to be on PBS all the time. This very verbose Italian man who would speak, he had this gorgeous beard and, and, and dark hair. And he would just speak and yell to the audience. He was all about passion. <laughs> and then Dan Pena who's alive today, who is probably one of the most single greatest wealth creators in the world, doesn't give a fuck about anything anybody thinks. He's the opposite of Pena. He's about money, or he's the opposite of Biscalia. He's about money, not love. But he, again, all three of these men are exactly who they say they are, and there's nothing you can do about it to change their, they will never change their tone to appease your opinion. Wow. Once I got to a threshold of seeing you know, your, your air quote friends, your, your brothers who are on the street to go to every call with you, they are not going to be there for you mm -hmm. at one point or time. And once you accept that, mm -hmm. accept the fact that your parents won't, your siblings won't, the guy or girl you're dating. I can't tell you how many women I would date come home. Hey, what did you today? I saw some dead kid and you know, it's, it's just, it was really fucking with my head. Hey, you're the one who chose that job. Great. That's, Awesome. Your spouses will never understand the job unless they do the job. Yeah. But when you truly embrace, I'm fucking alone. It is a extremely liberating place to be when you are absolutely fearless mm -hmm. in the fact that you are alone, everything becomes limitless. That's beautiful. Now, how do you, so let's have like for our listeners, like, what do you suggest this? Like, what does somebody do? Like, what are their first steps? Like, what do they, what do they do to just be authentic? Scare the shit out of yourself. Do something you wouldn't normally do. You have to, you have to absolutely scare yourself. You, you have to take risks, no risk, no reward, whatever risk that is for you. I used to equate that as being an introverted kid. No male today will understand what it's like growing up to have the balls, to go face to face to a woman, to act, to ask her out. They will never know what it's like mm -hmm. in high school to wait, you know, cause you got to wait till eighth period, right? Mm -hmm. Right after class gets out, the buses are about to come out and you go up to the hot girls uh, locker and you're shaking and you get the adrenaline dump and your leg is shaking. And you can't feel your leg. Hey, uh, do you want to do something this weekend? And then she says, no, you watch all of her friends laugh at you. Everybody's laughing. You walk away and you're like, I did that. I had the balls to ask her out. They all now text, right? To avoid rejection and face uh, and looking at face contact and facial expressions. That kind of stuff drives me. The, the thrill of driving me. I'm in an industry now that requires that I bridge the gap on financial education through calling people, calling strangers. I fucking get off on calling strangers. What do you do? What's your profession? Tell me about what you do. I want to do business with you. I love air quotes, cold calling. I love interviewing. I love telling people, I love your stuff on social media. Come be on my show. I want to interview you. I love facing rejection on everything. Those are little things that I love because in the end, it, it, it's clay. You are constantly building yourself up with clay. Piece here, piece there, this and that. Um, telling someone, there is, I don't, I don't hide emotions. My, um, my show on Tuesday goes, we do live Monday through Friday. 
6 p.m. Central to 8 p.m. Central. And they want, now I've got the second highest rated show on our network. They want to take the first rated show and cut into an hour of my time to cover the uh, election. I don't really fucking care, right? It's, it's, it's an, I'm, I'll just take the day off. I don't care. Nobody's going to be listening to my show on election. I think they're going to be watching Fox News or CNN, but it pissed me the fuck off because I wasn't consulted first. So I could sit on it, let it, but no, I have no problem calling my producer and saying, I, you just let you know. I don't care, but it was fucking shitty what you did to, to, to wind up not consulting me first. Consequences be damned. You really want to sit there and, 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 and growth? Tell somebody exactly how you feel. Mm. I don't care if it's your parents. I don't care if it's somebody you can't stand. There is so much more power, in my opinion, telling somebody you can't stand them. Because we have no problem telling somebody we love. Oh, I love you. I have this emotion for you. It's a risk, 50-50, but 99% of us will not tell somebody, you know what? Not for nothing. You're a fucking cunt and I cannot stand you. Yeah. There's, it, it, you're risking a complete severance of a relationship, of a connection. Okay, it's worth it. And again, if we go back, mm -hmm. this is how males were, we developed our connections growing up. You know, again, being a very small introverted kid growing up, got bullied. It wasn't until I started literally physically fighting back that you got respect. Parents are taking that away from kids now. You cannot fight your bully. When you're, when you, when you, the only way to gain respect from male's point of view is to stand up for yourself. You don't see that happening. So one of the first things I really suggest anybody do is do something that absolutely terrifies you that you know in the moment, if you don't do, you're going to turn around and walk away and you're going to be going, I should have said something. I should have, oh, if, you know, you, when you play replay in your head, oh, I had the perfect comeback for that. I just didn't do, didn't do it at the time. No, pull the pin, get rid of the filter. And if you truly want a catalyst to level up, you have to be willing to say things that others are not willing to say and do things that others are not willing to do. Mm, it's I so much that. more than bungee jumping or skydiving or any of that shit. It's, it's, it is, it is risking a relationship with another human being, no matter how small it is, and having them unfriend you, having them not like you, having them walk away. It really doesn't fucking matter. And so what do you think, what are the, what's the reward of oh, living like that? God, it is, it's, it's amazing sleep at night. Um, <laughs> I sleep better than I ever have. My business, so we, our, our, our radio show started from the blaze, Glenn Beck's the, Glenn Beck's the blaze. And we had uh, six people who were disgruntled with Glenn and they left and they started Mojo 5.0 radio. Um, and we had an existing group of people who was an audience, probably uh, 20,000 people called the Jackholes. And they were listening. And when I first got uh, hired with uh, the station, they said, you know, the Jackholes are our listener base. And if you piss them off, they're all going to troll you like crazy. And for a good year, I kind of played by the rules of the station. Um, and just, I just got tired of it because that was not my audience. That was an audience that had, had decided to come in uh, and just see and determine my worth, whether or not they were going to like me and then tell the producers and the, and the CEO if they want to keep me on. The more I was me, the more that my numbers grew. And last year, I just had this conversation with another host about an hour ago because we were talking about something similar. I said, you know, it was back last October where I said, fuck these jackholes. I'm tired of catering to them. And I went off on this big show where I motherfucked all of them. You know, I, I was tired of these listeners, blah, 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 blah. This and that is, and absolutely like expected, my numbers dwindled. My numbers went down bad. Um, I lost half of my audience because of the tacking them. 
Well, it was maybe three, four months later, I looked at the numbers, my numbers recovered to where they were and increased, which meant that I actually gained my own audience and more because I stopped living in the shadow of expectation of others. And I did my thing. I went my way. That has gotten me everywhere. I just went to a um, business conference in Florida this week, this weekend, and they had asked me uh, specifically why my, my, what I'm doing is excelling. In the last three months, the volume that I've produced for the company I'm with is, is one of the top, uh, the, the highest uh, grossing because um, they asked me why, what was it? And I had said in every other thing that I, I was doing, I, I, I was fearless. Radio, I don't give a shit. You know, I've got the second highest show in, in, in the last free, free speech media uh, uh, out platform that there is. On law enforcement, I took the risk. In law, unqualified, unqualified, no, no, no credentials, no political uh, um, experience. I decided to run for the second largest county in the nation's sheriff's position. One of the highest, if not the highest position in the county, uh, sands the corner, the coroner's position. I did all these things knowing that this is an impossible feat, right? I, I knew I wasn't going to win the election. Fuck you, I'm going to win it. I'm going in to win it. So, but my biggest hurdle with my company was, all right, this is, how do I bring myself into this company and still be me? And it wasn't until that I gave myself permission to take the dog off the leash and tear shit up the way that I do it, that my stuff started to grow. Same with social media, Instagram. I was never really big on Instagram, but being on Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. And everybody had said, Oh, you're a Christian. You love Jesus, but you say fucking cunt. And you talk about being a womanizer. And yeah, the more vocal I was about that, the more that I did expose, listen, I'm a piece of shit sinner. I, 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 I have a swinging background. I'm, I, I, fuck women all the time. Uh, I, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm married women. I'll go after, um, I say the word fuck. I cunt all this. I, but, and I'm a Trump supporter. When I started to expose those sides of me, my inbox would flood. Thank you for being you. I respect you. I don't agree with you, but I respect you. Blah, 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 blah. And I would get in my inbox back before LinkedIn booted me more brass I'm talking lieutenants, deputy chiefs, chiefs, federal agents can't support you publicly, but thank God for your voice. I know your story going through something similar, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't until I was naked, almost literally. <laughs> I was going to say, you've done that literally too. There's another thing too. I'm not in the best shape. COVID has kicked my ass and packed on 20 pounds. I don't need, I still take a mask, cover over my junk and get online and show how fat I am because I don't care because I have the balls to do that again. Now, these are things that I don't do for attention. I do because I have to scare myself. I have to, I want to feel alive. I don't do drugs. Mm -hmm. I don't drink, but I need to feel alive in some way. Mm -hmm. And that is my method of feeling alive is doing things that make no sense. Um, and everybody criticized me. The more you talk about Trump, the more that your business is going to hurt. No, people want polarizing views. The more that you talk, you're a womanizer. You're never going to get elected in office. I can't tell you how many people want me to run again for sheriff in 2022. Regardless of the content I put out, you, you, all these Christians say that you're, you're foul mouth. Nope. All these Christians are in my inbox saying, oh my God, thank you for being authentic. So it does come at a cost though. I'm, I'm not saying that you should do this stuff because you know it's really, it, it is hard to explain because I've also alienated myself. There are women who they, they're like, oh my gosh, let's go on a date. And I'm like, do you know who I am? No, not, not really. Take a look at me. 
You know, it's like, oh, oh, how, how does some girl decide to date me and then explain to her family or if she has kids dating me, right? Oh, mom, yeah, mom, he says this. He talks about his past. He's got a real, he's got a real uh, taboo past, all this stuff. How does anybody, you, you and I talked about this. Anytime I invite somebody on my show, I'll go out and meet somebody. Listen, you are fantastic. I want you on my show, blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell them, but I want you to look at me first because you have an audience. I don't want people looking at you and saying, oh, Clifford, you go on his show. He's, he's, yeah. a, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. How could you associate that guy? So there are, and we've lost people. You know, we've had, we've had some great guests on go, yeah, we just, we can't, we can't do the show because of how your views are. So it's, it, there is always a cost for things. I don't think it's always roses. A lot of times it's the manure that fertilizes the roses, but you value the roses that pop up more than uh, anything else. Well, and you get to live a life, like you said, it, it's pretty limitless. You know, you're not really, you're not stuck in a box. You're not putting yourself in a box. You are totally broken the fuck out of that box, any box. You just do your own thing. And, and I just think it's very admirable. Um, Dom, where can people find you? Easiest place is to Google anything Dominic Izzo or go to our website, uh, Izzo.us, I-Z-Z-O.us. It'll forward you to all our social media, our live show, our podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Our cigar, our coffee, our book. And what is, what is it? Is it Dominic Izzo on Instagram? Yeah. Yep. D-O-M-I-N-I-C-K-I-Z-Z-O. Sheepdog Nation, make sure you go check Dominic Izzo out. He's been a really good friend of mine for the last couple of years. And, um, and I just don't think you're going to find somebody who's more authentic and in your face as he is. Dom, thank you so much. You got to remember though, I keep saying you will find me dead in a pool of my own urine in my favorite, uh, uh, lazy boy in my, uh, $9 million mansion, but I'll be alone. So the one thing that people have to understand, and I've accepted it is, is it is very liberating. It's very freeing, but it's not, it's not void or sands of pain. Yeah. I have, I've lived exactly. I do what, what I want to do. I live how I want to live, but I, I can't stress this enough. It is, it, it, the risk is one thing, but I also am very aware. And Autumn and I have talked about this quite a bit. I'm very self-destructive. I know that some risk is going to cost me almost more than the prize is worth at times, but still I like being able to say, I did that. What have you done? And that's the, that unfortunately is pure ego. And I'm, I'm still working to learn to balance that. I'm very egocentric. I'm very aware I have narcissistic tendencies, I'm very aware that, uh, you know, I'm very self alienating and self-destructive, but I can't go back to mediocrity and mm. I can't go back to be, because the one thing, and I'll, and I'll end it on this is okay. however, somebody looks at me, Mm-hmm. That is the image I want them to see. Meaning that if they do depend on me, if they, I don't care if they want to do business with me, if they want to become a listener, they want to become a business partner, they want to date me. I can't live as a human being knowing that I'm not who I say I am. And a relationship I had 10 years ago, um, it was a bad relationship, but the greatest compliment this woman ever paid me during a screaming argument is I fucking hate you because you are exactly who you say you are. And that that's, that's everything to me, but that's my, that's my journey. And it's uh, I, I, like I said, it's alone and I pay the price. Yeah, but it's powerful. I think it's powerful. And if anybody can even just be, you know, 70% like you, I think they're going to live a very liberating life. <laughs> Good luck. Sheepdog nation. We'll see you next time. They buried me in the water and I came, I knew. Ha <laughs> ha!
now I'm baptized in blood Take it to the light, like Will and Bright. I wouldn't expect you to understand what I do. Only the thin blue line, cause they baptized in blue. Uh. I'm a fighter, I'm a winner, never quit. I refuse to lose. I got heart and I got gritty. I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue. I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue. I'm a fighter. I know it was him, but it could have been I What about the kids? Uh, what about the spouse? Yeah, now who gon' put food inside them babies' mouth? It's a bigger picture when the officer down Domino effect, blue nation, family, country, and town The media don't cover us huh. Well, maybe Fox, cause MSNBC and CNN Surely don't care about cops, politicians More concerned about protecting the legals That are laying the law down And protecting the people Let me get off my soapbox Before I curse, I don't see way too many cops Riding in hearse, well I wouldn't expect you to understand What I do, only the thin blue light Cause they baptized in blue, uh. I'm a fighter, I'm a winner, never quit, I refuse to lose, I got heart and I got gritty, I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue, I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue, I'm a fighter, I'm gonna complete it if that means being deleted. I live with the credence. I do this for the combat vets and LEOs when I'm suited, ready to go. It's either friend or foe. Only Lord knows what my future's in store. I only kill with the hope to see more. So God don't close that door. If I take a life, it's him or me. With the host to survive, not big a tree. I go in situations that you cannot imagine. Deal with things that you cannot fathom. No, it buts or rather. I'd rather fight for cause than live for nothing. So when you read my headstone, you know I die for something. You hypersensitive, she complain by justified force. You blame the cops first. That don't work, you blame the courts. But I wouldn't expect you to understand what I do. Only the thin blue line, cause they baptized in blue. Um, I'm a fighter. I never quit, I refuse to lose I got heart and I got gritty I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue I'm a fighter, never win, I never quit I refuse
that's been baptized in blue. I'm a warrior that's been baptized in blue. Uh.